Hi everyone, Sandman here. Today's video is brought to you by a donation from Dennis, and this is what he has to say. Hi Sandman, this is Dennis, and here's another topic that I'd like to see you cover. I'm interested in knowing how you would compare and contrast MGTOW and the MRM with the white nationalists and the race realists. While the two philosophies are in most ways diametrically opposed, I have noticed some striking parallels which I think deserve some attention. Many of the complaints that MGTOW and MRAs have against women and feminism parallel the complaints that white nationalists and race realists have against minorities, against immigration, and against multiculturalism. MGTOW all seem to point to the fact that the majority of welfare recipients are women. White nationalists also point to the fact that the majority of welfare recipients are non-white. Both groups also have complaints about reverse discrimination, affirmative action, unfair media representation, just as the public is more horrified when a man hits a woman than if a woman hits a man. Similarly, the public is more horrified if a white person attacks a non-white person, because it constitutes a hate crime, than when it happens the other way around. While MGTOW slash MRAs complain that men are becoming more and more disposable, white nationalists are worrying about whites becoming minorities in their own countries due to low birth rates among whites, immigration, and high birth rates among non-whites. While most MGTOW MRAs deny being misogynists, white nationalists and race realists deny being racists or white supremacists. Again, my observations are that while the two philosophies are diametrically opposed, some of the parallels are quite striking. It's also worth noting that it's politically correct to advocate for women and minorities, who are supposedly both victims of the evil white man. For better or worse, race politics and gender politics often overlap. Here in the United States, the movement to grant blacks full citizenship and voting rights coincided with the first wave of feminism. The civil rights movement of the 1950s and 1960s coincided with the second wave of feminism. Today, the third wave of feminism coincides with the increasing diversity and multiculturalism in the United States. Like it or not, MGTOW and MRAs are often classified as right-wing extremists, alongside white nationalists. Now I would note that one of the most noticeable differences would be this. White nationalists have a strong us-versus-them mentality, often pledge loyalty to their own people, focus on the future, and lean towards fascism to some extent. However, MGTOW and MRAs are rugged individualists, or are more present-oriented and lean towards libertarianism. Thank you, Dennis. Well, that's what Dennis has to say, and it's quite a heavy topic. And I can see that he spent a lot of time thinking about it, and hopefully I can do it some justice. Before I begin my analysis, I want to talk about my own introduction to racism when I was in junior school. When I was in the second grade, I barely knew how to speak English, and I was in a classroom with children from all over the world. My classroom was a full, all-day ESL classroom. And ESL stands for English as a Second Language, if you already didn't know that. And it was the most multicultural classroom that I've ever had in my entire life. And it felt the most safe in my entire life as well. The children in the classroom were all recent immigrants. There were Japanese, Chinese, Indians, Africans, Latin Americans, and Eastern European kids in that classroom. And there was basically no racism that I could see because we were all young and didn't know much about the world, or each other. The following year, I went back to a regular classroom where there were open racist kids that were cruel to a few minority groups in the classroom. Someone once told me that to truly hate something or someone, you have to love it first. Hate and love are on the two opposite sides of the emotional spectrum, yet both share the similarities that they're irrational emotions. MGTOWs and MRAs hate feminism, 
Yet I would bet that many of us once thought feminism was a good idea, and I'm certainly guilty of that as well. In fact, I guess you could say that I loved the idea that women were liberated, and feminism was always trying to convince me to hate my own male nature. If you go to a feminist rally, then you might see lesbians putting down men, but at the same time, these women seem to look up to men. Why else would bull dykes tape down their boobs so they look completely flat? And why would they attempt to look as masculine as possible? They hate men because they once loved them. Maybe they were rejected by men, so they hate them now. I think that white society looks up to minorities to some extent. That's why I think there's some animosity there. I find it ironic that white Americans believe in informal segregation, even though they respect black music and culture. I believe that shows how badly the atrophy is in white culture. Then there also seems to be the hatred of cultures with tight-knit families. White Americans probably hate the emotional ties that many immigrants have with their own people and former countries. White nationalists are also criticizing groups of people that everyone else sees as the victim class. And they are trying to make white people out to be the victims, just like MGTOW and MRAs are attacking the supposed victim class, i.e. women. The major difference is that women are now fighting against feminism as well. And the victim class is coming to the aid of men's rights groups and giving it legitimacy. I don't think that white nationalists and race realists would ever give enough respect to minorities to convince them to work with them instead of against them. No black man in his right mind is going to say that he isn't a victim, because last time I checked, black men were still being racially profiled and harassed by white police officers. I think the major difference between these two movements is that MGTOW and MRA have proof of being oppressed, while white nationalists aren't being oppressed by minorities. Instead, they're being oppressed by their own governments, which are promoting this multicultural agenda. The government is responsible, and not the minorities. Minorities are just becoming the targets of hate. After all, it is the government that sanctions immigration law. Women are often a false victim class. Their victimhood is about public perception in most cases, and not actual victimization. That's why it's easy for women to be against feminism. That's why it's cool to be anti-feminist now as well. And guess what? One day when our civilization starts to run out of resources, it will be cool to be against minorities, too. And I'm really scared of where things are heading with regards to this type of future. But if you look at where minorities typically live, it's usually inside of cities. Everywhere I seem to travel in the world, the minorities are often crammed in dense urban centers where they have few work opportunities and opportunities to move ahead in life. In the part of the world that I live, all white nationalists need to do is drive 30 minutes outside of my city, and they will be greeted with communities that are 99% white. But as a MGTOW man, if I drive 30 minutes out of town, I would still face tons of women in their hypergamous ways. There is no escape for me and men like myself. The women in the country used to be 10 or 20 years behind the times with regards to the women in the city, with regards to culture and behavior. But with the internet being everywhere, even the so-called good and decent country girls are catching up to their counterparts in the city. MGTOWs are the true minority in our society. If a man isn't married, then everyone else gets suspicious of him, like he's some type of a deviant. If a woman doesn't get married, she's making a choice to be independent. White males in the country going their own way probably have the toughest time with regards to shame. They're shamed for everything they do, yet they still have the responsibilities of being a real man. Women, on the other hand, don't really have the responsibility to ensure that civilization continues, and they have little to no shame thrown their way. And like you said, Dennis, white nationalists have their community groups to fall back on, and MGTOWs don't have any real support networks outside of what you see here on the internet. And that's why we will succeed, because our philosophy is one of self-determination for right now, but that could quickly change in the future if we start coming together in public.
which I'm not advocating at all. And just because the MGTOW and MRA philosophies aren't political or right-wing right now, doesn't mean they won't become that way in the future. MGTOW has a policy of excluding women from participation, which is very similar to the way that white nationalists exclude everybody else. And MGTOW could turn into something right-wing very quickly if the fempocalypse ends up happening. As Agent Smith always says, it's inevitable. Or have any of you considered that if white nationalists and MGTOWs are so similar that it might just be possible that the two could merge in the future to keep resources away from both minorities and women? This is something I've considered in great length, as most of us know that women consume 80-90% to 90 of the resources in our society, and people could see the exponential population growth in minorities and assume the same thing about them being mindless consumers. It all depends on how quickly this fempocalypse ends up happening. Either through financial collapse or energy collapse, minorities and women will probably lose their financial entitlements from the government. And since they together control who gets elected, they have the ultimate say as to where the government pours its resources and who gets those resources. As the government crumbles, more draconian controls will probably be put on men, and on white men specifically. Men created democracy, and now it's been hijacked by women. Democracy, unfortunately, is mob rule, and I tend to believe that the Founding Fathers said that each generation needs a revolution to burn the decaying power structure of decadence from the previous generation away. Men going their own way probably aren't going to change the world that we see today around us. In some ways, we are recreating the world around us instead of responding to it, just like the white nationalists are doing. They are reacting to the way things are today instead of trying to change immigration policies in the past when they were first introduced. White nationalists can also be quite dangerous, like Anders Breivik. In Norway, he ended up killing the children of prominent politicians that were very pro-multicultural. And Dennis, he was a lone gunman, just like many MGTOWs are loners as well. So white nationalists can be loners after all. Breivik was anti-immigration and anti-Islam as well. And he didn't think that multiculturalism was working out in Norway. And instead of attacking immigrants, he attacked and killed the policymakers and their children. So in some ways, this is exactly what the Founding Fathers would advocate. Anyways, thanks again for your donation, Dennis. And thank you everyone for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.